In this episode of My Time, My Life, I'll be talking about my time in Paris as a young model in the early 90s and how things didn't turn out like I thought they would have, but it was ultimately a success for me. I grew up in Joliet, Illinois, about 40 miles south of Chicago. I was a three-sport athlete in high school. I played volleyball, basketball, and ran track, but I was mostly interested in modeling. My head was always buried in my Seventeen, Sassy, Vogue, Elle, and Mademoiselle magazines. These pages offered me an escape to worlds far wider than my own. There weren't a lot of black models back then, but Veronica Webb, Rashumba Williams, Naomi Campbell, Iman, Carrie Young, and Gail O'Neill gave me all the inspiration I needed to try it for myself. Each month when I received a new issue, I would intensely study it and choose tear sheets to put up on my bedroom walls, and I called this rotating exhibit Live Models. Now, I was also developing an eye for composition and style, which would serve me well years later when I would become a photographer. In November 1987, at 16 years old, I enrolled at John Casablanca's, a modeling school in Chicago. This was a sizable investment, and a huge shout out to my mom, Teresa Washington, affectionately known as Mama T, her own sacrifices in making this happen for me. While at John Casablanca's, I entered Elite's Look of the Year contest and I made it to the quarterfinals before I was cut. Despite that, I kept at it. I finished the program and I started doing runway in Chicago. Back then, you were either a runway model or a print model, but rarely both. My worldview was expanding with each train ride from Joliet to Chicago as I pursued my dream. Joliet was giving me a lot of love and support, and it still does, but I knew I would need to leave one day and go to Paris or New York. So in 1989, my senior year, while my schoolmates were preparing to go to college, I was preparing to go to Paris, at least mentally. It felt radical to even have these thoughts, but I knew it was what I needed to do. I'd earned a track scholarship at Eastern Illinois University but declined it and instead took classes at Joliet Junior College for a year and worked in retail to earn some money. After about a year, my mom sent me to live with my cousin in Tacoma, Washington, where I got an agent in Seattle, and through that agency, I met an agent visiting from Paris who said she'd give me a try. I'd only lasted in Washington for a few months before going back home to Joliet to wait tables to earn enough money to buy a plane ticket to Paris. Not long after, Tearfully, my mom dropped me off at O'Hare and I boarded my flight to Paris alone. This was my first time on a plane and my first time traveling abroad. Armed with my Let's Go Paris travel guidebook, I found a youth hostel in the Latin Quarter. I then started going on go which is a modeling term for auditions. Day in and day out, I hit the pavement, learning my way around the city with a paper map, and I learned the metro system. I was rejected every day. This was during the recession of 1990-91, which made work even more scarce than it already was. Not to mention, black models were not in the demand that they're in now, and of course this affected me and my prospects. I was constantly told I was too black or not black enough. Eventually, I looked for another agent, and every time I went to see one, their board was full of blonde white women who looked exactly the same. Repeatedly, they told me they didn't need a black girl, that their clients weren't asking for any, or that they had one and she wasn't working. And the one they had was usually a very light-skinned, biracial European girl. 
I was just dumbstruck. If it wasn't the blatant racism that was holding me back, it was my own body. I'm six foot one, and at the time, I was around 130 pounds. This was considered too fat. Over and over, I was told I needed to lose two inches off my hips, but they were already nothing but bone. I'd been a size zero or two all throughout junior high and high school, and by the time I got to Paris at 19, I was like a four. I was ridiculously skinny for someone my height. I would arrive at fashion houses, Dior, Yves Saint Laurent, etc., and moments later would be rejected because of my weight. A seamstress would approach me with a dreaded measuring tape, measure my 36-inch hips, and proclaim, Your hips are too big. And that was that. I was dismissed. Side note, when I was 15 years old, I was 121 pounds and was told even then that I was too big. A Chicago agent once took a grease pencil and circled my hip on a contact sheet and said I needed to, quote, lose that. I told my mom, as she told me if I ever tried to lose any weight, that she'd kill me. I would not be developing an eating disorder. My doctor even said that losing inches or any kind of weight was impossible because I was all bones. Now back to Paris. I did have one glimmer of hope that didn't transpire, though. I was scouted on the Metro one day by someone who worked for Marie Claire magazine. He was standing there, looking me up and down, kind of creeping me out a bit. Then he gave me his business card. When I went to the magazine's offices to find him a day or two later, I was told that he was traveling for a while and they did not offer me to see anyone else. It was my one near break that wasn't. Paris was crushing me in ways I couldn't have imagined when I was in my bedroom in Joliet idolizing my favorite fashion models. I had two things going against me that I just couldn't change. The color of my skin and my weight. I was barely eating because I was so broke, so how I was too big, I just couldn't understand. I cried many tears during this first time in Paris, but a shining light was my living situation. Although I was living in a youth hostel, I had the best time. My roommates were these two Irish girls looking for their own way to make a living and stay in Paris. Each day, they'd set out looking for nanny work, and I'd run around town looking for modeling work. And each night, we'd all return rejected. Our circumstances quickly bonded us, and we became fast friends. Some nights, we'd pull our franks together and actually have a decent dinner. We shared laughs, and we supported each other, and are really good friends still today. I just visited Rachel in Somerset and Fiona in Dublin, both within the last few months. They grew up to be doctors, and I'm so proud of them. Paris wasn't working out for me, and eventually I left. But for as hard as my time was there, I went back home, waited tables again, and earned enough money for a plane ticket, and I tried again. My second time wasn't a charm, and my results weren't much better. But on my second trip there, I met a man on a train. He was an American from Boston traveling through Europe. He had a map and asked me a question, to which I knew the answer because I'd been there before. We hit it off and he would become my first love and later the reason I ended up moving to Boston, which would prove to be another life-changing moment. During these trips to Paris, I didn't book one job, but I had the absolute time of my life. I was penniless, but because my mom had taken me to Chicago a lot growing up and eventually let me take the train there by myself when I started modeling in an effort for me to gain independence, I had something no amount of money could buy street smarts, 
a sense of direction, and confidence. These three attributes were key to my surviving Paris and subsequently to other places I've lived. To this day, I can learn a city very quickly. I only need to take a route once or twice to get it, and I have an excellent sense of direction. This was developed on the streets of Chicago and refined in Paris. And I knew how to protect myself. I'd grown used to catcallers on the streets of Chicago, so Paris was not difficult for me in those terms. My experiences were invaluable and helped shape me into the person I would become. I got a taste of the world abroad, could navigate my way around, even if I didn't speak the language, developed an even thicker skin, and I became an expert at meeting people and forming relationships. These life skills served me very well as I moved through the world. I owe a lot of my current self to my past self, and even though I, quote, failed as a model back then, that entire experience was a success. I would subsequently return to Paris many times, and each time that young model, new to it all, was inside of me, taking in the beautiful city of lights with as much wonder and fascination as she did the first time. On the next episode of My Time, My Life, I'll talk about my time in New York as a model and the successes I defined for myself despite lots more rejections. Thank you for listening.